As a Sikh person living in a diaspora, what people perceive us as. If you're talking about North America, a lot of people don't know who we are. Living in the diaspora, it's a blessing of its own. But at the same time, there are some challenges when it comes to my field. When it comes to our representation, there's not enough people talking about what we're missing because of previous stereotypes that are already there. My perspective is more about learning every day. That's what we do. As a Sikh, you're always learning. What we see through movies it's completely different than what our grandparents have perceived they have like looked through it our perception in bollywood from day one has been comedy or we have been like the jokers they're making fun of us all the time i just feel sad to talk about what six are going through in india with the movement of khalistan if you see like any sick on the streets they will people will call them khalistani a lot of times the perception is built through media it is just sticking around the way it is how do you think a sick person perceived towards another sick person. Gurmanjit, Sashrikal, welcome to our show. Uh, we are pleased to have you here. Um, I know we had planned early on to bring you on the show because you know, a lot of stuff going on in both of our lives. Uh, we got, finally, we got a chance to sit down and discuss about today's topic. So how are you doing today? I'm good. And I'm really happy to be here. And it's finally it's happening. Finally. So I'm really absolutely, excited. Absolutely. So before we go deep into the dark side of what we're going to talk today, let's start with a little you know, the light, light side, right? As a sick person living in a diaspora, how do you think, you know, what people perceive us as? That's a really complex question because it really depends uh, who you're talking about. Who are we talking about in general? Um, especially if you're talking about North America, um, sometimes what happens is um, a lot of people don't know our identity. A lot of people don't know who we are. And I've been in rooms where I'm like the only mm. guy who's a sick or like a brown person. And what happens is a lot of times people are curious. They want to know more, but they're afraid to ask. Um, and there's a lot of like, um, you could call it like more of like a awareness thing. We still need that, even though like we're the fifth largest religion out there. Um, living in the diaspora it's a blessing of its own but at the same time there are some challenges when it comes to my field in general um, so when we talk about uh, let's say um, I'll give you a really good example when I started J school when I started journalism mm -hmm. school um, or even like this is we're talking about Brampton Toronto here and uh, these kind of scenarios that are happening here, I don't know like how it's going to be. It's probably worse outside of these cities too. Um, so I started J school back in 2019. When I went into J school, I found out I'm the only Punjabi, I'm the only Sikh in the whole class. And on the graduating day, it was the same thing. I was the only turban dude walking down that stage. And... In general, when we talk about the diaspora, it it is expanding, but at the same time, um, 
when it comes to our representation, there's not enough people talking about what you're missing because of previous stereotypes that are already there. Hmm. But at the same time, when you talk about living in the diaspora and how people perceive us, that's a totally different topic that you talk about because different communities perceive us differently. And they have their own internal neutral biases. And if uh, going forward, there's also some other... It really depends if you're talking about specific demographics. Because a lot of times what happens is, let's say it's a white person who's trying to talk to me. Um, it's a totally different conversation talking to a white person or a brown person, mm-hmm. or like a black person. Mm-hmm. Because with the black community, there's a lot of things that we could connect to. Or with the indigenous community, there's a lot of things that we could connect to with them. Um, With a white person, because they have so much privileges, it's hard for them to understand our point of view. Okay, so you've given the perspective of how people think and perceive you from the lens of, you know, other communities and people, right? But for you... As a Sikh identity. Because each individual is different, right? Uh, my perspective is more about uh, learning every day. And uh, that's what Sikhi teaches us. Sikh literally means learner. That's what we do as a Sikh. You're always learning. Um, but there are a few things um, in my childhood too. Like... I try to stay so it doesn't matter whenever a situation comes up I'm ready for to, ready to face that situation um, and I perceive myself as a good person and also when talking about me and my connection with Sikhi is it goes back to where I was born I was born in Punjab Chandir and a big part of that is also me um, living with my grandparents and my grandparents telling me mm-hmm. Sakhis. And that's what has been connecting me to Sikhi a lot and learning more about the history and um, stay connected uh, by listening to Kirtan, doing part and things like that. When you think about your childhood, right? Your connection to your roots, to Punjab, what comes in your mind? When it comes to like Punjab and looking at what um, um, my childhood specifically, um, I think very first thing is Darbar Sahib, the Golden Temple, because I have a special connection with Darbar Sahib because uh, in childhood, well, you know, like you had like a big craze of watching TV mm-hmm. as a kid, uh, especially living in India. So whenever there was like, a, it still happens like um, in the afternoon or the evening, there's like live Kirtan coming on the TV. And then you're just listening to Kirtan or you're just watching TV and then you see their Barsa. So that's like the very first thing. But at the same time, there's also food Absolutely. <laughs> that comes oh, to yeah. mind. You can't, you can't beat Punjab <laughs> You, can, you can't beat that, right? You, you just can't beat Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's no way that food could come to Canada. The, like the taste could come to Canada, right? Uh, Absolutely. And 
there's also specific reasons for that if you want to learn about that. No, <laughs> but uh, those were the two, those were the two things. Uh, but at the same time, um, also my mm-hmm. grandparents, because I've been living here as a kid and um, I didn't have enough time going back and forth. Like they came to me a few times too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that's also one thing because I'm from Chandigarh, India, and. Um, Going back to my childhood home, I went last year, and it was a surprise how things have changed now. Oh yeah, and Big how it's it's like I grown, but like things have also grown with me. But I realized that when I went back to yeah, India, you know? and I think when like what you said about you know having your grandparents with you, I think it's a blessing because you know. So I'm from Punjab, right? I'm from Amritsar, Punjab, like literally. Like, I was born in Amritsar. And I used to go to Golan Temple, like, on a weekly basis. Like, every Sunday, every bi-weekly, every Sunday. And then, you know, we moved here, you know, uh, with the whole family. And you know, my grandma, my grandmother, you know, she came along over here, too. And I think that's, that's the biggest blessing because when you get connected to your roots through your elders, through your grandparents, right? You kind of sense that, okay, this was a real thing back in the days, right? Now we have left that behind. What we see through movies, what we see now, it's completely different than what our grandparents have perceived. They have like looked through it. I remember uh, my my daddy man. She used to tell me stories like how they used to like drink lassies in like this big of a jar, like that's Punjab for you. Like they used to drink like this big lassies, and their like parents used to tell them, okay, you have to be like a little strong, and you have to have your diet. And that's the, the that's the real culture that was there. That's there, and um, I'm I'm waiting to go back and then. Uh, have that feeling again so i don't know how different i'm completely sure everything's like different digitalized everything so let's see i'm, I'm waiting how 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 that how that feeling will comes comes in yeah I, I i also connect with that a lot because uh if you think about our roots or where we come from i think it's vanishing slowly mm-hmm. and it's slowly disappearing um and there's a whole thing that we could talk about how Film industry, you talked about films and how we portrayed in films. Uh, we were not authentically actually portrayed in films. And there's a whole reasoning behind it too, because they want, a lot of times people don't want, they didn't want like, if you, okay, I'll give you a really good example. Let's let's talk about Bollywood, for example. Yeah. Our perception in Bollywood from day one has been comedy or we have been like, the jokers santa banta jokes uh with like santa banta uh, like santa banta jokes or uh the movie sardarji or like things like that right uh son of sardar they're making fun of us all the time um and not showing the good side of like not showing what the true uh punjab is in general so like you talked about like the big glass of lassi hmm that's not being portrayed properly. Like, I've seen some representation now when it comes to, like, the movie Mustane, for example. Right. There was a little bit of representation, yeah. No, I agree and disagree with you at the same point. 
the reason I'm saying this because is I'll take you back to I think year before 2008, 2007, right? And I think in 2007, 2008, the movie came in called Singh is King. You know, Akshay Kumar, the movie Singh, right? And before that, you know, Singh's six were portrayed as people who are just there in Bollywood movies, like drivers, like, you know, perceived as like not educated, like Pindade Bande. And also the fact that we are here just for the comedy, just for the jokes. And all I'm trying to say is like after seeing his king, you know, Akshay Kumar tried to change the perspective of how uh, six are perceived in Bollywood movies. And from that perspective, and I think we we have grown to see the perception of Sings as a warrior. And like I, I saw animal movie yesterday, right? And from that perspective, I realized, you know, like you said, Sings, you know, are like uh, a warrior uh, community, like you know, six are the warrior community. And I have seen that perspective from the animal movie. And not how we've perceived as six, but they also gave tone to how the pug should be look like. They give very clear perception of how look of a sick should perceive like, sick man should perceive like, sick woman should perceive like. And they give very detailed perception of that. Pug nowadays in the movies you see, see Pug is very clear. You know, perceive karde. And I think we are breaking the barrage of that. Uh, Punjabi movies, let's talk about Bollywood. Punjabi movies, Devi aspect, I think we're changing a lot. The content that is bringing in regional uh, in regional areas, especially in Bollywood, it's great. Diljeet Dosanj, you know, he has taken Sikh community to a huge another level. Um, and I've, I think one of the interview I, I read about him, he was saying that when he was entering into Bollywood, People were saying him, you should like, you know, make movies without the pug. And he was like, pug is my crown. I'm not going to do anything without it. If you want to keep me in Bollywood, that's it's good. If not, then I'm okay with that. I'm not going to remove my pug. And I think he also has made the biggest impact in Sikh community in in an industrial way. Yep. I, I agree with uh, Diljit Asanj and some of the movies being really good. But by... Initial thoughts when it comes to representation or just talking about films, I was like, why did it take them so long? Yeah. Why didn't this thing happen before? And that's where I've been thinking, like, wait, it's happening now. Like, makes sense. It's happening now. But what happened to, like, the past, like, six or seven or eight years? Why didn't it happen then? And it's also because of a lot of the awareness that came through media um, that has changed things or the perception of who we are today um even in india and that and that that has brought what's happening now i just feel sad to talk about what you know six are going through in india 
especially with the movement of Khalistan. Now, I'm not portraying this podcast as a political podcast, and I don't want to go there also. And I'm not saying I'm pro or against Khalistan, you know. I'm just saying the fact that, like, it's so sad to see how, like, how every, like, you know, Sikh is portrayed as Khalistan. I just did a like a podcast with one of my guests and he said that, you know, if you see like any Sikh on the streets, they will people will call them Khalistani. Like our portrayal of Sikhs in India is like it's very bad. Yeah, and th- that perception also came through the whole Khalistan movement and what's happening with Canada India affairs right now. And um I am also really neutral on the whole topic. because I don't want to take one side and that's a one hard thing being a journalist because you have to report and you have to stay neutral on both grounds and um in general too like if, even like if you talk, ask my opinion mm-hmm. I'm neutral about it because I have mixed feelings about the whole situation um but one biggest thing I do agree a lot of times what happens is if you're just walking down the street and if you have a turban on especially in India you'll be perceived as a Khalistani and it's not like it's more happening to the people who wear the malaf why is that and and that, that's also a fact because they perceive to be more like into the whole moment and that's what india is trying to portray to and a lot of the indian media also try to portray that um but at the same time it's also the whole movement if you think about it uh i still know if you if, it's complicated in its own way where um a lot of times the perception is built through media and it is just sticking around the way it is you know what i mean i think that's the one of the big things that is that has impacted you know sikh community is the media um yeah i think once the media portrays them as a neutral people right in every community you see it, there's good and bad right but then you portraying yeah. only the bad part of it the only the bad aspect of it's just giving the false information to the country itself the people of the country itself and i think that is a very wrong and it shouldn't be like that and i think that's one challenge i could talk about right now there's no media outlet out there that's neutral because if you look at the funding that media gets from the government for example or from other spots they never neutral they always have agenda and they all says and if you think about the media in general like mainstream media it's a business of its own they want to run that business and wherever they get the money they will follow the money over the story for sometimes and that's their perception how things works in the media nowadays and how do you find a truth then like who like like uh, like how, how like let's say the mainstream media talking about the whole uh sex issue like the india pakistan the khalistan issue right now but why were they talking about like 5 years ago or like 3 years ago about this yeah because there's some current affairs happening right now currently something happened that's why they're talking about it and it is trending on their sites they're getting a lot of clicks on it mm. that's why they're talking about it and same thing goes with the whole ukraine russia issue 
the only reason it's getting a lot of coverage is because they're getting a lot of um, demand for the topic to be covered. And then you could just compare it back to like Afghanistan, how that only got like two days or three days or a week of coverage here in Canada because nobody cares about it that much. It's not like nobody cares about it in in Canada. Mm -hmm. It was like it didn't have that high of a clickbait or that high of clicks or um, that high of interest for the media to cover. Mm. And as usual, you know, the, the regular person suffers the bear of it. I know like in North America in general, we are like a melting pot and we have like a multicultural communities. But at the same time, if you look at the supervising roles of the media organizations out there, it's all white men. Or like it's all white people for the most part. We don't have a community representative from each of the communities there that could explain them what's mm. happening. And that's a big reason why the false information is out there. And is that why you wanted to come to journalism? Yeah, that was one of the reasons. But at the same time, um, high school, I've enjoyed doing photography. I've been enjoyed doing media things. Um, talking about a lot of the issues that are not being covered. Um, we had some organizations, like Sikh organizations here, um, who needed coverage. But at the same time, mainstream media was not covering them until like recently mm. now. So those kind of stories not being covered was one of the reasons. But at the same time, me being a Sikh doesn't um, stop me from covering other communities, you know? Um, I... I also want to cover other current affairs. So when the Black Lives Matter movements was happening, I want to cover that. I don't want to stop just co- representing my community. I want to kind of represent all the marginalized communities or the minorities. And that's where the complication comes in because how unique my, pers- unique my perspective is or unique my writing is. A lot of times, um, if you go into media, being from a specific background, you are a diversity hire either or you're just made for covering that specific community. Mm-hmm. You don't have the open option of covering other communities. You know what I mean? And you feel like that pressure. And that's also a big issue nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that happens every day. Like sometimes, sometimes I pitch a story about something else, like out of the community. And my editor is like, nope, that's not mm-hmm. happening. Is there an instance that happened to you that you found a story and then you wanted to cover that out? Or you wanted to bring that out, but for some reason you were told not to because of your identity? Um, a lot of times that happened. Do you want to give some of the examples? I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example, but I'm not taking the name of the media organization. <laughs> I don't want to get yeah. in trouble. Uh but uh, once uh, I was covering a story, um, I wanted to cover a story. Um, City Hall was passing a new um, legislation on like, um, it was like um, the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. And they were trying to do like a statement mm-hmm. about it. And I wanted to cover that as a story. And when I went up to my editor, they just rejected me on the spot because they were like, you're not the best person to do do the story. We would rather send a black person to do that story. 
Really? So I was just like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> Why had I cover whatever I want to write about, right? Uh, but at the same time, it's the whole media strategy that they were trying to play. Because it's not only that one person working there, you know, mm-hmm. who has to cover everything. It's a, it's a team effort, but at the same time, it also depends on the specific scenarios, like the one I talked about. In general speaking, right, how do you think we perceive each other? Like, how does a sick person perceive towards another sick person? Like, how do you, like, okay. in that way, Lee? Have we done justice for our people? That's also like a yes and no answer. <laughs> in a way, it's like more neutral in the sense like I see there's a lot of people who are respectful of each other. Uh, what the background they're coming from. Uh, let's see, because that's also a complex thing that you have to break down, right? There's also Punjabis who are Hindus or Muslims, but they're like Punjabis. But at the same time, there's also Sikhs who are mm. Punjabis. And then there's like Sikhs who are Sikhs. So there's a lot of like miscommunication that way. And a lot of times people perceive or assume that they belong to that one specific thing. Um, I'll give you a really good example. Let's say um, talking about um, we're, we're in North America, you're in the US, I'm right. in Canada. Uh, whenever we see international students coming um, to our country, a lot of times our community have a bad perception about them. Because they feel like they don't know enough. Um, like a personal gap. Like they're not on the level. Yeah. There's a personal gap where like uh, there's that perception, oh, I'm more Canadian than that international mm-hmm. student or you're more American than that, that international student, right? I've seen um, this a lot, yeah. And it's not, it's not like... Um, you were not an immigrant before, or we were not immigrants before. We have that commonality, like we're all immigrants. But it's like, it's been some time for us, but they're just new right there. Like they just came here. Except for helping them, we're presuming that, oh, they won't be able to learn. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the one thing that really bothers me as a community is that we're hating on each other. Like we, like, Guru Gobind Singh Ji ne to khalsa sajaya siga. To panj pyare unho ne sajaya siga. He came to the perspective of, okay, like we're not Juts, we're not Khatris, or we're not like some other like caste or something. Unho ne kya we serve each other as like one whole community as one. And like, we still haven't like we see perceive ourselves as six. We talk with the other six. We 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 go through. I mean, sorry. I mean, we perceive ourselves as sick, and we say that okay. I see Guru Gobind Singh Ji the lessons to Mandaya, but no, you're not doing anything. Any of it. You're completely like doing the opposite of opposite of what he has taught you. You know, judge karna ek dusre wal. You know, dusre di. You know. The way they've brought up in a different like culture, different like environment. Like we 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 hate on each other and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, it's interesting you said that because if you go into olden times, Gunali Deji, um he uh 
also accepted um yeah. untouchables jada prani zamane ch hunde nahi sige or the lower caste to be a human being too yeah. and ajikal vi that's still going on we still assume kinki sadi chatpat or sada surname is different um we were able to do that i think a big issue you could also think about or talk about in this whole scenario is also uh the language differences agar mainu jyada english aandi hai mainu jyada punjabi aandi hai uh aur mainu koi jyada languages aandi hai i'm better than the next person out there or there's also like i think a big part of it is also like ego that a lot of people have uh, and that also comes with the money or yeah, status, the status yeah. they have gained and they hear on people who who speak punjabi like the mother tongue like yeah. i'm like yeah and and that also still exists yeah like bro like you, like that's like you say that okay you speak english in an immigrant country like you perceived as like educated and a nice person but then when you speak your own like thet punjabi you perceive like okay that the pind do aaya it's a very wrong perception of you, this it's a messed up mentality i think you will also agree you will also agree to this uh you have also seen a lot of the punjabi people trying to whitewash their name uh going from varender to babi oh, yeah. or like uh it's... the tender to joe and uh, and it's the funniest thing ever i'm just looking at them like wait how the sky joe buller and then i'm just like hey what happened <laughs> so i always go up to them and ask them like how did that happen uh why can't you just say what your actual name is right your uh name that you're supposed to keep from uh the last uh, alphabet of good grand sahib mm. right when you take the hooker number um and that's how the give- names yeah. are kept too right um and a lot of times i have like i have people like who have butchered my name but i always say tell them to like say it. how did they say how did they pronounce their name as like they they say like warjit <laughs> or like they whitewash it like really hard and then i'm just like looking at them uh, but it's it's not even it's their not, fault yeah. right they, that's how they are brought up too and um in in response a lot of times like if it, if it's a person's like kevin or something i would try to mess up their mm. name so they understand like the pain of not getting their name right but sometimes a lot of people don't yeah. care too so yeah uh, so that's you know that's where i go towards like it's really important to have grandparents around you because they will teach you what's sikhi what how do you, you should connect to sikhi and also the fact that you know the young parents in our generation like you know they need to embrace their culture their identity so that they can pass it on to their kids and you shouldn't be ashamed of you know you born into a sikh family we should be really proud of that um you know guru gobind singh ji ne apna sara sarbans var ditta sega not just because of the way how we should look but the way of what he fought for is having our own community having for what 
is right, standing up for your own rights. And if you're just giving up like that, yeah. how are you going to teach your next generation? And it's also, a big part of it is also social status too. Um, basically perceiving everyone is equal. It's hard for some people after they have gained some sort of advantage over that person. And a lot of times I've also seen like the community inside the community, there's people who are not um, willing to help, mm. even though they are supposed to. Um, and that's also a big reason behind us each hating each other because uh, they're also trying to play along living in a society that's not India, right? So if someone who, start, who is in Canada, they try to whitewash themselves as much as possible to blend in. Mm. But Apaki, why are you trying to blend in? We're, we're like born to stand yeah. out from the crowd. <laughs> so why are, we, why are we even trying yeah. to do that, right? And that's what something like that just, I'm always like scratching my head like, that's the one thing my mom has always taught um you know us like me and my siblings is the fact that to always stand out you know um she gives the example of you know jake line vajriya zade loki da line bana rahe ne tusi unnu ik banda vi kaanta marega that's a new perspective that you're going to look at cross banega right that you have to decide if you want to be a follower or the person who you know brings a change or you know view the the world in a different way and then stand up for your own rights and i've yeah. always like you know yeah. believe that okay like i've always like remember my mom's wordings and i'm like okay i I shouldn't be a person like a follower. It should always be what I perceive my thoughts and my perception and my identity as. Because if you're going to give up your identity, how else people going to like, you know, uh, respect you or the fact that you have your own thing, your own identity. And that's what I like about journalism. I have the power to challenge those mm. thoughts. I have the power to challenge the politician who's doing wrong. I have the power to the stakeholders or the people who are doing something to ask them questions. Why are you doing this? And how would mm. this help anyone who looks like me or anyone who's in the minority community? And that's where my motivation also comes in too because um, you have the power of writing something that other people are going to look at and be like, wait, why didn't we think about this before? And why is not why this thing is not happening from before? Why is it happening now? Yeah. Why didn't this happen before? And opposing, um, it's always difficult to um, deal with opposing right. views uh, where some of the people in the community believe, oh, this is right. And then some of the people in the community believe in this right. What about if both of them are right, just talk about what is the most common or sensible thing to do. Any last thoughts that you'd like to give to our audience? I think 
we are changing our perceptions through a lot of the stories that are coming in mainstream media. But at the same time, you also have to look at the critical lens of what's mm-hmm. happening. Um, and with the AI involving right now, that's a big thing. I don't know if you have known, like, with the Taliban and Israel or, like, the India-Canada uh, yeah. thing, there is a... Um, there is a rise of hate against Sikhs. Um, but it's also because of the perception that Sikhs are Muslim. Yeah, I actually... Uh, and a lot of times people people don't have that awareness. Yeah, too, I was so. actually reading an article that says that uh, FBI reported, you know, Sikhs over here in the U.S. to have more hate crimes happening over, over here. I've I've read the report too. <laughs> That's why I know. <laughs> and it's even worse uh, even in the earlier days. During the pandemic too, it was crazy. I wrote a feature story. And if you look at the numbers, they don't have the exact numbers. Mm-hmm. That's the funniest thing. They don't have the exact numbers. But when you actually go talk to the community themselves, there's a lot of people who have been affected by it, but they don't know it's hate crime. Because there's no actual laws in Canada that specify what a hate crime is they're just provisions that are given on top of like for example if somebody committed like a first degree murder this is a provision on top of that put like oh that was a hate crime and a first degree murder it's not like uh they did it and then it was like oh hate crime that's it Mm. so there's a whole complexity inside the system inside the whole system where um even verbally harassing someone about their identity is a type of hate crime if you ask the experts. But if you look at the police like charts or everything, mm. that's not a thing. So that's the complexity. And a big part of it is also language barriers. People who come from back home from India, they're scared of the police. They don't want to go up to the police and talk to the police. And a lot of times what happens is because the elderly who have been who have been assaulted or like had like um, some sort of hate happen to them, they had no idea that hate crime happened with them. They're just going on with their mm-hmm. daily lives because they don't see the option of going to the police and ask to ask for help. And a big part of it is also language barriers because elderly, you know, like a lot of times they don't speak English. And a lot of times, like their their sons or daughters, like their children, are not willing to take that step to get more attention because they're already trying to survive themselves. And that's what has, that's what study has shown when I did my interview. Well, we we hope for the best that you know, from this podcast, people are aware, people get to know what's going on. And one message that I would like to bring is the fact that you shouldn't like treat each other as a separate like community. Yes, there's Hindus, there's Sikhs, there are like you know, Christians. But 
we should respect each other's identity and the fact that treat each other as one, as one human. We all bleed one same red color blood. You know, we all bleed same color. You shouldn't like treat each other as a different perspective or a different person and, you know, respect what they believe.